coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. I don't always smoke a pipe, but when I do smoke a pipe, I look damn sexy. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to all of us in the pipe smoking world. I'm your host, Brian Levine, and tonight's show, Chris Morgan, pipe maker, pipe inventor, kind of, is my guest. Coming up in Pipe Parts, I'm going to talk about some suggestions of the quintessential tobacco styles, some blends, some stuff that uh, stuff that I'm going to suggest to you, and it's all based off of the conversation I had with Greg Pease. Uh, mailbag, got a few things to catch up on in there, and music, more pipe smoker music coming up. Rant at the end, everything that you're used to, plus few new little added fun things, maybe. We'll see what we get time for tonight. So, a busy weekend last weekend here at home with uh, my wife's graduation. She is the uh, newly minted alumni of UNC Charlotte with her bachelor's degree in history. That was a lot of fun. It was uh, two years for her to get back to school and get the degree done now. She's trying to decide if she wants to go on for a master's or see what goes on. So, uh also had uh, the band, marching band banquet a couple nights ago. That was fun. Got to hear my daughter's jazz band play before dinner. Next weekend, races are in town. So, yeah, the Rednecks are already showing up. All the race fans are gearing up for the all-star race coming up on Saturday night. The truck race is tomorrow night. And then the weekend after that, Memorial Day weekend, the big 600. Yeah, I got my tickets. I'm all ready. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not uh, not too hot. But yeah, spring is in the air and uh, the temperature is rising around here. So with that, I'll say, hey, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Let's get this show going. Here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, this is James Earl Jones, and you're listening to a very, very fine program called The Pipes Magazine Radio Show. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back. Hey, did uh, anybody see uh, Phil and the gang from Missouri Meerschaum at the Chicago Pipe Show? They were they had a cool little small Missouri Meerschaum pipe on a that was made for a keychain in their business card. It was really kind of cool. Glad to see them there too. It was their first uh, Chicago Pipe Show. So, all right, tobacco wise, I want to go through I, in the when Greg was on the show, Greg. I asked Greg for some suggestions of basic or quintessential stylings of his blends that somebody could try. An English, a Virginian, an aromatic. 
I want to go back and, in my opinion, give you what I think are some quintessential or tried-and-true tobacco blends that you can try to find out if you like that style of tobacco. I'm also going to try to mention some manufacturers that might be slightly different in style. So if I leave out your favorite blend, don't blame me. It's just because I'm just going off of historical sales data and what the industry considers to be standards. So let's start off with my weakest category and that is English blends or anything heavy in Latakia or anything with Latakia in it. There are three really classical styled English blends that dominate the market and they're all Dunhill blends. Dunhill 965 is probably the best-selling English blend in the world. Good medium balance to it, medium bodied. It's the kind of kind of smoke that you can smoke all day long. For a heavier version, there's Dunhill Nightcap. For a lighter version, there's Dunhill Early Morning Pipe. For an alternative to the Dunhill styles, I would suggest you try Frogmorton, the traditional Frogmorton. Uh, now, I've mentioned that I smoke maybe 25 to 30 grams of a specific English each winter time. The one that I do is Arcadia, made by McClellan, comes in a 50 gram tin. I have three tins in my uh, cellar right now. I tend to smoke them when they're three, four years old at least. So that's my suggestions for just some classic, real classic English blends. To find out really if you like English tobaccos, start off with those, work around them. Uh, going into Virginia's where I am much more versed, just in straight Virginia's. Straight Virginia's, a little bit of flavoring here and there. There's two from Europe that I want you to look at. And they are Orlick Golden Sliced and McBaron's Navy Flake. Two very traditional Virginia-based, slightly or very lightly flavored flake tobaccos that are just really good, mild to medium smoking tobaccos. Those will be good opportunities for you to see if you like a real traditional Navy Flake. If you want to go a little bit further, there's a Stokeby that comes in bulk. It's called Luxury Navy Flake. It's got a little hint of Perique in the back of it, but again, just good classic Virginia Flakes. If you're also looking for a different manufacturer, start off with a mild to medium Navy Flake. Now, on the Virginia Perique side, the heaviest of them all and probably the best-selling Virginia Perique blend on the market or in the world is Escudo. Escudo is by far the, the leader of the batch around the world. It's full-bodied, full-flavored. You do, in my opinion, want to let it age a little bit, but if you try it, try it out. That's going to be a full-bodied Virginia Perique. If you want to back down, there are several versions in, uh, in McClellan that have a good, mild Virginia with a little bit of Perique in it, but look at McClellan in particular or look to Escudo in particular to find out if you like Virginia Periques. Now going into the aromatics, the aromatics are a little bit more difficult for me than the flake tobaccos are, but much easier than dealing with the, uh, dealing with the English. 
the number one selling bulk bulk aromatic tobacco on the market is 1Q from Lane Limited. 1Q and BCA have been the industry standard. They've been sold in stores for years under store names or house brand names. They're still represented that way in a lot of stores or a lot of the online retailers, a lot of the newer retailers. Just put it up there as Lane's 1Q and Lane's BCA. Those are great places to start with. If you're looking for one in a tin, I'd suggest uh, Dan Tobacco's Blue Note. Blue Note's probably one of my uh, one of my favorites from the past of an aromatic of an aromatic tin tobacco. Uh, Peterson does a good job with a couple of their aromatic tin tobaccos, and that'd be a good place to start with from there. Read the descriptions. See if you're gonna like that style of flavor. I will say that you probably don't want a flavor that's going to uh, going to clash with what you might be drinking or clash with what you're used to, what kind of taste you have with you at the time. So look for basic, mild, sweet ones. If you start off with 1Q and BCA, that's a great place to start. To start. If you want a packaged blend or a tin tobacco, try Captain Black from Lane Limited. Also try the McBaron 7 Seas blends. They come in 50 gram, 100 gram, 16 ounce. You can find all different kinds of flavors in them. All very good quality, very, very good aromatic tobaccos. So those are my suggestions of places for you to start to, if you want to jump into a different style of tobacco, those are the perfect places to start. And remember, spend some time learning and trying to dry stuff down. Pack it tighter, pack it looser, work it in a bigger bowl, in a smaller bowl. Try all those different things that we've talked about before. But if you're moving from one style to the other because you want to you wanna try something new, those are all my suggestions for you to start off with. No right or wrong suggestions in there, and wherever you start off, not a right or wrong way either. So... My opinion, you're welcome to it. I am the leading expert on my opinion. And my opinion also says we'll be back in just a minute with Chris Morgan. This is Internet Radio. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeerschaumStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including Calabash, Claws, Dragons, Horror, even a sexy series. MeerschaumStore.com, the most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. Joining me on the telephone is... Pipe maker, I want to also say uh, pipe inventor because Chris Morgan does more than just make pipes. He reinvents some really cool ways in how we rethink about the pipe. Chris, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks, Brian. It's glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so so let, let's go back to the beginning while you're glad to be here or yeah. wherever you, where you are. Um, how'd you get started smoking a pipe? My grandfather and uh, before before I was born, my great grandfather smoked a pipe, um, but mainly just my my grandfather um, or grandpa, as I call him. Um, he smoked a pipe for I'd say probably about forty years, and he'd always have pipes around the house, and he'd be you know smoking in his house and everything, and oh, that just intrigued me. But uh, when I was in college, I found one of his old 
uh, Shalom Briars, and I, I haven't been able to find much info on that, but uh, he really, I don't know, sort of backed me up on it and said, you know what, if you want to smoke, smoke a pipe, you know, and um, he kind of showed me how to do it, and I kind of got into it a little more, and, you know, the old-timer smokers didn't have reamers or pipe cleaners. They just smoked a pipe till it closed up on them, and then they moved on to the next pipe. But uh, that's kind of where the beginning of my education came from. What were you going to college for? Originally, I went to uh, Cal State Monterey Bay for marine biology. Ooh. And then uh, shortly found out after that, uh, not only is there no money in it, um, it's an extensive educational process. And uh, just I'd rather keep it as a hobby, which I do. I I have a pond and I've kept uh, coral reef systems and brackish systems and little pico tanks, you know, coral reef tanks that are, I had one at one point that was uh, eight ounces. Oh. <laughs> so, so did you ever go kayaking out in Monterey Bay with the, with the sea otters? Swimming actually, um, a few times, but Monterey, you know, the sea otters are actually kind of neat to look at, but they, they hang around the docks quite a bit. If you, if you go kayaking, um, especially there's, there's a ton of sharks, so <laughs> yeah. people generally don't. So do you, do you remember what your, uh, what your grandpa's tobacco was? It's hard to say, honestly, because he, he kind of didn't have a uh, favorite. But what I've seen and actually what I have in my shop um, now is, is decoration is a lot of Carter Hall, very old tin Carter Hall tubs. But that was pretty much it. I mean, Sir Walter Raleigh, uh, half and half, you know, a lot of OTC type stuff. A lot of the good old, the good old drugstore blends. Yep. All right, so let's fast forward. You start making pipes. You you start off traditionally with making artisan grade, high end, nice pipes. What intrigues me the most is that you weren't happy with just making regular pipes. You started off was the Briar Cigar the first real uh, unique invention that you did? Yes, um, you know that that was many years later. I mean, when I originally started making pipes and. Um, I, I have some hanging up here in my shop as a reminder that, uh, you're, there's always room for improvement. Um, but when I started, you know, I thought what I was making was fantastic. And then you, you go and you see the stuff that, uh, everyone else is making, you know, a lot of the established carvers and what are known as the master pipe makers. And, um, that really, it forced me to kind of change my, uh, way of doing things and, and sort of my style. And I ended up doing, getting more into the high grade stuff. And about two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, actually, I started uh, working at some designs for an inline, uh, very portable, very simple uh, cigar shaped pipe. And it, after, I think we're on the fifth, basically the fifth revision of it or version um, after much, Designing an R&D and uh, sending people pipes to or Briar cigars to just smoke the heck out of, um, just to fine tune it. Uh, we've we've left with the, the current version, which is, in my opinion, fantastic. And it it's uh, it's actually it smokes just just the same way a, a you know a regular 
pipe would. You know, there's no real uh, changeover. There, there aren't any um, issues with burnout. Um, the walls are extremely thin, but they're so thin and sandblasted um, in one of the versions that it dissipates heat before it can actually burn the wood, which is interesting. Um, and they're, they're also reverse calabash or uh, double chambered for, for most people that don't prefer that word. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bowl at one end of it. Correct. And then the, and then the ash looking cap that goes over the, over the bowl. Do you put that cap Correct. on while you're, while you're smoking it? Originally that was the plan, but the, uh, the internal, you know, uh, I guess aerodynamics or thermodynamics just don't work that way. Um, Generally, I mean, if you put a, you know, a screen or a cap on, on most pipes, they'll go out quicker. They're harder to smoke. Um, originally, it did work fairly well, uh, but when we downsized the shape quite a bit, and it is quite smaller than the original, um, it just, the possibilities uh, with having a cap on while smoking just didn't add up anymore. I mean, if you tamp properly... It's such a narrow uh, chamber. I believe it's it's nearing about a half an inch um, internal diameter. If you tamp properly, everything stays in. And I mean, you might not want to smoke it, you know, in in the house on the carpet, just in case you have that one uh, stray ember come out. But walking around or sitting in a chair, you're you're usually okay. But yeah, the the cap is is used for uh, packing the pipe, and then it's faux threaded, meaning the cap has an O-ring and the in, inside of the tobacco chamber has a very coarse, uh, steep thread. Um, and that way you can thread it and it'll stay in there whether it is hot or cool or you know, high humidity, low humidity. The cap stays where it is um, and it's easy to remove. So you can basically pack it, put the cap on, put it in your pocket for later and take the cap off and smoke it when you're ready to smoke it. Or extinguish it if you're somewhere you're not supposed to be smoking, which is really handy for a lot of guys that uh, want to uh, enjoy in uh, bars and whatnot. <laughs> so it's also, it's also a way for a pipe smoker to duck outside, have a 15, 20-minute smoke, cap it, and, and go back on their way into the non-smoking world. Exactly. Yeah, and I, it, it, the smoking uh, length, you know, it varies on what tobacco you're using. But uh, when I'm smoking mine, I smoke very slowly. Um, so I prefer very small, small pipes because it just it takes too long <laughs> if, it's, if it's too large of a pipe. But um, I, I can get it to last about a half hour, sometimes 40 minutes if I'm puffing very slowly. Uh, but most people get about uh, 15, 20. 10 minutes, depending on their style. How much does a Briar cigar sell for? Uh, the sandblasted version, which comes in a natural or brown color, uh, those retail for 140 And the smooth version, which also comes in natural and brown, go for 160 And you want to tell us this Tell us how you're able to keep that at such an affordable price. Uh, well, the you know 
originally I wanted to make these in-house, and then that idea changed to hiring a few more uh, people to help me finish them in-house. And I actually, when I retooled all my equipment for the new shop that was set up about a year ago when I moved to the new house, um, all the equipment is sizable enough to run a full production line. Um, but the last, the, uh, there's just no way of, of actually getting the pricing down low enough to be affordable uh, to everyone without outsource, outsourcing to another factory. And these are all made in Italy by a well-known factory. Um, all the quality is right at my standards. Um, I review every single pipe that comes in. And, like, I literally take every single one out of the box and review it. And there are some that, you know, they don't, they don't meet my criteria or the stain isn't um, quite as clean as I want it to look. So that, that goes into the, the discard pile. But for the most part, they, the product is exactly how I would make it in-house. So it is, I would even consider it high-grade. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's top-grade briars specifically selected for you by Mimo. Yeah, Mimo and I are, are actually uh, business partners in this. Uh, <laughs> he he handles the, the manufacturing end of it or manages that because it is based in Italy. And uh, I gave him the the keys to Europe um, in a sense. Mimo handles all distribution um, and and everything dealing with all the retail shops in Europe and, and shipping. Um, and it just works better that way. You know, Mimo and I really have a good relationship and. So he's also the mill that provides the briar for the briar cigar and for my high-grade pipes. Uh, so all the wood that is cut for the briar cigar is actually uh, super-grade uh, cross-cut blocks. So it's the same stuff that I would be using for my high-grade blowfish or um, my standard shapes, uh, which are classical shapes that will be coming out a little more now. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, the briar is, is fantastically clean, very few flaws. The smokeability is second to none. Um, he just he produces a far superior product, in my opinion. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about those high grades. So we'll be back in just a minute. Thank you for calling SmokingPipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at SmokingPipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there. Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we are experts, we are SmokingPipes.com.
We are back. Chris is still on the phone. Chris, you you started off doing some doing some really high grade, cool design artisan pipes. You moved into the uh, into the Briar cigar La- last week or a couple weeks back. I talked about how more and more pipe makers are coming out with what I call a double chamber pipe. It's got an extra air pocket in it somewhere. You've been doing these for quite a while. Tell me how did that how did that start? How hard are they to make? Give me, give me everything. Teach me about them, because I'm interested, and I may be buying one for myself soon. All right. Well, the uh, the reverse calabash or double chambered pipe uh, is basically, and I'll tell you how, kind of how I see it. I don't see it as an expansion chamber or necessarily a cooling chamber in its first, you know, reason for being. Um, it's mainly for me, actually, a precipitation chamber. Um, the problem with a lot of pipes, that, or you know, if you have a really bad pipe, it's because there's a lot of obstruction, turbulence, and it's actually precipitating moisture, which is now running down into your tobacco and souring the pipe. Um, that's why you know, see guys that have crappy pipes, and they'll be flicking them out to kind of clear the airway of the moisture, which is both nasty and unnecessary. Um, with the reverse calabash, that chamber is actually tur- turbulating the air or um, creating sort of a mini storm, if you will, inside of that chamber and shaking all the water and precipitating all that moisture out of the smoke. Um, in a controlled environment, smoke that is devoid of, of moisture doesn't really carry a whole lot of heat. And it actually can reduce tongue bite if there isn't as much moisture in there. Um, so when you remove that, you get a cooler smoke, and you do have a bit more cleaning to do. I mean, I'll smoke uh, my wasp, which was sort of my flagship shape for the uh, reverse calabash with a full bowl of full Virginia flake. And as many people know, it's a very wet blend. And um, at the end of it, I've got a calabash chamber that's full of moisture, like in its liquid form, and you can actually pour it out. Um, it, it's not much, you know, a couple cc's, but it's a visible amount of moisture that would have been in that smoke, souring the smoke or hiding the flavors that you really want to get out of it. Um, its second function is to give you the true essence of what you're smoking, and in many cases, a different essence. Uh, for example, jackknife plug from GLPs, uh, smoked in a reverse calabash will give you a completely different experience than it would in, let's say, a straight uh, billiard that does not have a secondary chamber. Um, reasons for that are removing the moisture, cooling the smoke, allowing it to sit, you know, that fraction of a second through a larger chamber uh, actually clarifies out those things that hide the flavors. So instead of getting a navy flake, uh, robust, heavy, dark fruit flavor, you get the lighter notes that are in there that aren't generally noticed. Uh, I get a lot of peach and some citrus out of that blend with the reverse calabash pipe. Um, But as far as difficulty in producing them, they can be very difficult. Um, If you're okay with having a very chubby looking pipe they're not very difficult but if you want to make it look graceful it doesn't necessarily lend itself to those shapes so you do have to work quite a bit at it and when you are done 
uh, and you're finishing, you have to be very careful because they're generally a very fragile pipe. And you've also expanded it into the Warden's Calabashian smoke box? <laughs> yeah, uh, the Warden's Calabashian smoke box, and I'll give a brief little thing on that, uh, was made for a friend of mine who is actually an artist. Um, he has a, a degenerative muscular disorder, and um, he's a fantastic artist, actually. If you guys want to check out singlehandedstudios.com, uh, A.J. Brockman, fantastic artist, and he, he's a digital painter. So we made a, a trade. I said, I will make you a table pipe like nothing you've ever seen before. <laughs> I think I hit that on the head. It is a strange pipe, but it's fully functional. Um, and then he, he made me a very large and elaborate painting in memoriam of my grandpa. And uh, the pipe itself, the Calabashian smoke box, was based on a very steampunk sort of feeling, but I wanted it to be more Victorian than sci-fi. A lot of brass. Every piece on there was hand-machined by myself. Um, it has two bronze lined portholes that are acrylic that allow you to see directly through the pipe, but they're machined in such a way that uh, the inside is rounded, the outside is flat. <laughs> and it, it's a fantastic pipe. It's actually going to be traveling uh, when he goes to the Southeast Pipe, I think it's a YouTube pipe meetup, and he'll be smoking that along the way. Um, at the various stops, so some of you guys will be able to see that. It looks it looks absolutely beautiful. It looks like a uh, looks like a combination of a of you're right a, a Victorian steampunk uh, diving bell slash lantern. Thank you. Slash battery charger. I don't know how else. To... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird one. It definitely is. It it took over. It took actually just under a year to make, about eight months to make it. Um, and the sourcing of most of the brass on there, that's all uh, either used or new old stock brass and bronze that was machined and, uh, you know, fitted to that pipe. Most of the bronze and the brass was actually uh, hand milled here in the shop uh, because they're just specific pieces. Um, same thing with the copper. So, is the lid either a uh, is that either a sundial or a compass of some sort? That that's the only part that I couldn't make because I don't have a mill, and that's actually a, a solid brass sort of sextant compass sort of thing that I I, I machined it out so that it would fit around <laughs> around the top of the chamber, and uh, you have, you lift the lid, and that's that's the uh, tobacco chamber on top there. But it, it is in its essence, a true calabash. So that inside box is completely empty, hollow. Wow. So all this stuff is available to look at on your website. The website is morganpipes.com, M-O-R-G-A-N, pipes.com. If you guys can't spell pipes, then you're probably listening to the wrong radio show. Uh, however, one thing that you can't do on Morgan Pipes dot com is buy a pipe directly from Chris because Chris only works through authorized dealers. Uh, was that mm -hmm. a conscious decision or? Yeah, it was both conscious and unconscious. It just kind of happened that way. Some of the dealers that I work with overseas uh, prefer to 
not compete with, with the uh, pipe maker itself. Um, and also, you know, it, it allows me a lot more time to focus on making new things and, and being a little more innovative with my style. So talking about making new things, anything coming up? Yeah, actually, I just got done stamping some pipes for a new line of mine called the Morgan Pipes Raw line, R-A-W. Um, these are pipes that have the same engineering, sometimes the same shapes, but they are going to be completely sandblasted and unfinished, um, devoid of any color or wax. Um, they are going to offer the larger audience who enjoy seeing my high grades um, the chance to purchase them at a much lower cost. Just my finishing process usually bumps the cost up uh, by double. So without that, you can still have a great smoking pipe. Sometimes, uh, for example, the wasp. You know, I'll be producing the wasp in a smaller size and a sandblasted finish, but with no uh, no wax and no color, so that it, you can color it yourself um, by smoking it, just like a meerschaum. I mean, they they do color very well because this is Mimos Briar we're talking about. So, so no, I'm very excited about that. No bowl coating, no stain, no wax, just a stem in the actual wood. No, the, the the stem is going to be the same, the same type of stem that I would put on a high grade yeah. pipe. But other than that, yeah, you're looking at a naked pipe. That'll that'll be fun. So when you're not, I'm I'm kind of getting the feeling that I'm talking to somewhat of a mad scientist. But uh, a little bit. <laughs> when, when you're not playing mad scientist, what else keeps you busy? More mad scientist stuff, actually. I I brew my own beer. Um, I am heavily involved in uh, TPC, which is uh, Tobacco Pipe Collectors. You can check that out, tobaccopipecollectors.com. They just announced their global pipe club, which will be offering for members uh, a discount to quite a variety of shops and makers. So you guys should check that out. But other than that, um, I, I road bike quite a bit. Um, I try to stay active and that usually does it for me. So I'll go out at night and just do, you know, five to 10 miles on my bike. And other than that, I'm, I'm down in the, uh, the workshop and being a mad scientist again. Parts are flying everywhere. So with that, we'll wrap it up with the fast five final questions. Cause there's one coming up in particular. I want to hear your answer to these are short answer, long answer, whatever first thing comes to your mind. There is no right or wrong answer. So are you ready? Ready. What's your favorite pipe? A uh, little billiard that I made myself. Sandblasted, and actually it has the finish. And what's your favorite tobacco? Jermaine's uh, Brown Flake. And this is the answer I can't wait to hear. What's your favorite drink? I would probably say a really citrusy double IPA. But generally, it's going to be a ginger ale, craft ginger ale. What's your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? Uh, watch a movie or just sit there in silence, usually. And where is your favorite place to smoke a pipe? Probably out by my pond or my workshop. And that'll wrap it up. Chris, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your uh, Mad Scientist creations. Check out his entire line of stuff at morganpipes.com chris thanks again thanks for having me brian 
We'll be back with the show in just a minute. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. Yeah, Chris Morgan, what a what a talented young guy and uh, what a creative young guy. I think I've got something else to add to my uh, list of Father's Day gifts, so we'll see. Anyway. You've got mail. Thank you to Dino for the message. Yeah, I realized last week after I heard the show back, uh, the music was composed by Morton Gould, G-O-U-L-D, not Gold. I mispronounced it. I was still a little tired from the Chicago Pipe Show. Speaking of the Chicago Pipe Show, I want to make mention of a couple other things that I missed out on last week that caught my attention at the show. Uh, George Amron had a Gorgeous collection of all bamboo pipes, or all bamboo shank pipes. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, probably the most Conowitz pipes I've ever seen in one spot at one time. But besides all the pipes being beautiful, all being different length, but the bowls essentially the same size, the thing that struck me the most about it is that all the pipes were smoked. Or some of the, there was a couple in there that were brand new that I know he just bought in the last couple of days at the show and put them in his display. But everything was smoked, everything was enjoyed and loved. And uh, that, uh, you know, that means a lot to see those pipes being loved like that. Um, Did want to make a mention, a little shameless plug right here. Brigham, we introduced our Legend Series Pipe Tobacco at the Chicago Pipe Show. It's available at a couple of places around the country, so if you want to see that, it's a good cross-spectrum of uh, basic blends, all custom-blended for us in uh, Germany. So those are available now. I got a question for everybody out there. Uh, anybody an economist? Anybody got a... Uh, Anybody an economics professor? If you are, contact me either through the uh, through pipesmagazine.com or find me on Facebook. I got some questions for you. I wanna I wanna learn some stuff. Uh, don't tell my daughter, but uh, I'm also looking for recommendations from all you musicians out there for a good medium uh, medium quality just above student quality trombone for her for her uh, 16th birthday coming up. So anybody got any recommendations on a, a good trombone, I want to get it used. So I'm just looking for brands that I can look for and what I'm looking for when I'm shopping. I uh, did get a uh, comment a while back from one of the listeners complaining about the commercials. Well, the commercials keep the show coming and keep it available. They're all professionally produced commercials. We don't have control over what the content of the commercials are, but it's also quite expensive to reproduce new commercials all the time. So don't complain to us about the commercials. Be thankful that there's commercials and we're able to keep the show going. It's the advertisers and the sponsors that keep the show going and keep the PipesMagazine.com website going. So with that, we'll get right into today's music, Andre Segovia. 
maestro on the classical guitar and pipe smoker. Here's a little piece from him. There you go, a little new genre for us. Uh, that is Andre Segovia playing Fantasia in C minor on the classical guitar. So now we've uh, gotten into classical guitar. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin direct via satellite from our on the spot task force. <laughs> This just handed to me, unnamed sources report that an industry expert in the pipe world says briar pipes are made of wood and thus subject to burning out and breaking if subjected to high heat, stupid idiotic moves, or being sat on by an elephant. And now back to our show. So there you have it, more news, and hey, don't forget, check out PipesMagazine.com. You'll find the links to the uh, two New York Times articles that have been out recently about uh, pipes and tobacco stuff. So, rant time's coming up next. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. 
It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Can I take this moment to pick on cell phone companies, cellular phone companies, mobile phone providers? Well, we as a whole community of people that are now mobile have gotten used to dropped calls, missed dials, all kinds of strange stuff happening because for some reason it didn't connect. We don't. We no longer take the time to call the phone company and say, hey, I lost that call, credit my minutes or whatever we used to do. We've gotten used to it. We accept that there's a dropped call. Well, here's my problem with it. Besides the fact that we've got so many cellular phones out there and so much going on wirelessly that eventually we're going to run out of network and bandwidth and the companies are just going to keep milking us for money out of it, here's my thing. If I call you and drop the call and then both of us try to call each other at the same time, it just ends up ringing busy or everybody goes to your voicemail and then you're going back and forth. So... From this point forward, I want a national rule, an international rule, a global rule, that if I call you and the call gets dropped, you as the receiver of the call, it's not your job to call me back if the call gets dropped. If the call gets dropped, it's the caller's responsibility. So that way, we know that when we're both back in cellular service or whatever, we're not banging calls against each other and catching busy signals back and forth or leaving each other voicemails at the same time because we went direct to voicemail. I want it to be an international law signed by the Geneva Convention, the UN, and the Pope that if I'm the caller, if I called you and the call got dropped or call got lost or something happened, it's my responsibility to call you back. You is the one that I called in the first place. It's your responsibility. You you have no responsibility to call me back whatsoever. Just feel free to wait or go about the rest of your day waiting until a cell signal comes back. Oh, and by the way, if cell phone companies, if you can improve this technology, then it might be worth $120 a month that I pay for my wireless and data package and all this other stuff so there you go that's the rant hey do make sure and help support our sponsors and advertisers on the show they appreciate it we appreciate all of them make sure and follow me on facebook i'll post some pictures from the races make sure and leave us itunes reviews and ratings and remember every thursday night eight o'clock eastern time a brand new show who knows when itunes and all the other podcast servers pick it up But thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being loyal supporters to the show for 35 full episodes. I'll leave you with this. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather.
Celebrity voices are impersonated. Member FDIC, objects and mirrors may be closer than they appear.